the Gideons uh, is a phenomenal ministry. In my opinion, probably the greatest endeavor that I know of to get the word of God in the hands of people around the world. Uh, right now, today, they're in about 200 countries. Uh, it's something like 110 languages they have translated into. There's some other things you're going to find out about today that they're doing. They're just incredible to get the word of God into people's hands. At Owasso First Assembly, we, we believe in the doctrines of the Assemblies of God. Number one doctrine is this. We believe the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, authoritative Word of God. And because of that, we want to make sure we get the Bible everywhere we can. One of our own members here is uh, leading the charge in this area for the Gideons. He's a dear friend, and to not only me, but to all of us. Would you give a good welcome for Tom McCoy as he comes now to present the Gideons? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. It's a thrill to be here and see if we can get a PowerPoint going. We will go ahead anyways. Got to get my cheaters on. I am a Satanist. I follow the Lord Satan. That is what a young university student yelled at a team of Gideons who were giving out the word of God at a college in Mexico City. This young man had taken a testament before realizing what it was, and he then became enraged. He then continued to shout and scream and taunt at the Gideons. Finally, he told the Gideons he would tell them what he really thought about their book. He got out his cigarette lighter, and he proceeded to try to set the word of God on fire. But try as hard as he could, that testament would not burn. He tried and he tried, and it wouldn't burn. The student became quiet, and he appeared to be really afraid. He had never seen anything like this, and so he left. But he came back about 15 minutes later, and he apologized to the men. And he said, he realized that this was a supernatural book. The Gideons then began to witness to this young man and shared the plan of salvation with him. And before he left that morning, he prayed to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Folks, this is why Gideons serve, to see people turn to Christ. For many of you, you may think when you see the name Gideons, you think about the people who put the hotels in the Bibles. But the Gideons International is so much more than that. Since 1899, our goal has been to win others to Jesus Christ. We want to do this by helping Christian business and professional men strengthen their personal testimony and increase their influence for Christ in their homes, workplaces, and churches. As a natural outgrowth of maturing in Christ and strengthening our testimonies, we and our wives place Bibles and Testaments in the designated traffic lanes of life such as hotels, hospitals, nursing homes. We also give testaments to students in schools and colleges, to prisoners, to police, fire, medical personnel, as well as men and women in our armed forces. We encourage our men and their wives to share the gospel at least once a week using these testaments that have helps in them for more than 30, 34 of life's pressing needs. 
And the plan of salvation is also in the back of the book. Today, we're organized in some 200 countries, territories, and possessions, and we publish scriptures in 109 different languages. On average, by God's grace, we touch more than 70 million people a year with a copy of God's Word. If we do the math, that's over 100, 191,000 Bibles a day go out into the world to touch, to try to touch the lost. Ukraine is in the news. Today, the crisis is in Europe. Millions of refugees are fleeing Ukraine. And what are the Gideons doing? We have Gideons in neighboring nations like Poland, Romania, and Hungary. They have already touched nearly 200,000 people with copies of God's Word. We didn't need to send a missionary to meet that need. Thanks to the partnership with churches all over the world that have offered men as Gideons, the local Gideons meet the needs. So what are we hearing? Over one million Ukrainians have gone to Russia, not necessarily by choice, but without any options. We have faithful Gideons in Russia. They manned a refugee camp at the border. They're confronted by a Russian policeman wanting to know what they're doing. After a brief conversation with the Russian Gideons, the policeman's helping them unload the Bibles. Think about it. There's no way that a single church can have such a reach. And there's no way Gideons International can have such a reach without churches in the local communities such as this one, offering manpower, financial resources, and prayer. This God-ordained partnership can respond to whatever the need is nationally or globally. To God be the glory. So here in the United States, we're very effective and active at sharing testaments with college students, many of whom will be future leaders. I have a testimony from a young man named Randy Bjork. He was a student at Brockport College in New York and was offered a testament. He received a testament at the university. And he answered, yeah, whatever. Randy had been raised in a Christian home, but he had rebelled when he went to college. And he was heavily involved in drugs and alcohol. So that morning, he was on the way to his pub, the pub at the university, in the morning at the student union, to begin drinking. When he met a Gideon, and he received a testament. About three months later, when Randy had reached rock bottom, he started reading that testament. It took him about a month, but he read it all the way through. When he got to the back and read the plan of salvation, he kneeled down in his dorm room and gave his heart to the Lord. He went on to become an honor student and an executive at a prestigious company. He joined the Gideons right after graduating from college. And he went on to serve as in Gideon leadership in four states as his company moved him around. He had a son that became a pastor. He traveled around the world, trained Gideons. And he continues to have an impact for Jesus as a member of the Gideons International. He not only became a, a business leader, he became an outstanding witness for the Lord. So here's a story. A kid's at college, going to the pub to get a drink, gets a Bible, lives are changed forever. Amen. So I have a testimony I wanted to share with you. I met this gentleman. His name is Charles McHenry. Jesus
My name is Charles McHenry, and I'm from the Muskogee Reservation in Oklahoma. And that song says, Jesus is king. Jesus is in heaven. Amen. If you thought and told me 12 years ago that I'd be standing before you talking about Jesus, I'd tell you, you'd lost your mind. Amen. But God's ways are higher than our ways. And I just love to thank my Creator, my Heavenly Father, and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the time and opportunity that I have to stand before you, to witness you tonight, that they say that they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. And then I believe that tonight, that, that what God has uh, uh, upon my heart that I share with you is going to be uplifting. I believe that, that several years ago, at the time uh, I was 18 years old, I went out into this world. And you know, as a young man, you go out into this world and you want to try things upon your own self. You want to do things your own way. We're all a little bit hard-headed, some hard-headed than others. But I went out into this world and I tried to do it my own way. But I fell into darkness. I fell into a, a, a trap that the devil has set for me. And through those years, at the time I was 19, I became addicted to drugs. I became addicted to methamphetamines. And by the time I was 19, I was a daily user. I was an active user. By the time I was 20, <clears throat> I was a, a manufacturer of methamphetamine. Sold it, did everything underneath the sun to do with it. And for the next 20 years, lived a life of chaos, walked in darkness, uh, did all the wicked things underneath the sun. I thought the devil had him right had me right where he wanted me. He had kicked me, beaten me. Uh, I just thought there was no use in trying to live anymore. I just thought there was no use in even trying uh, uh, to get better. And people had given up on me. I had given up on myself. I was in and out of jail through those 20 years. And the last time that I was locked up in jail, I was there and I thought, well, this is it. This is all there is for me. This is all that I have left. And I was so selfish and so ate up that, that I just thought that somebody should come and get me out. Somebody should come and help me. But God had bigger plans for me. God had me right where he wanted me. And I stop and I think about this. And I think about that. Being in jail so mad, so angry. Feeling that, that I couldn't even love myself. Didn't even know how to love myself. And I was there. And I went to a prayer service one day after being there for about a month or two to get out of my cell. Because being in jail, you're always just in your cell. You're just locked up. You're just there. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'm going to get out of my cell and go to this prayer meeting, whatever it may be. <clears throat> there was a man there talking to us and speaking to us. And this man on that day, he says, I love you. I love you. And he looked at me and he goes, I love you. And I'm like, 
Ain't nobody loved me. And he goes, but Jesus loves you more. So I said, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I've done burned so many bridges, did lied, cheated, stole, did everything wrong that no one loved me. No one, I couldn't even love myself. So how could this Jesus love this drug addict? So I go back to my cell and I say, <clears throat> Jesus, if you're real, then show me that you're real. I said, Jesus, if you're real, then come into my life. Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And I picked up this book right here. Y'all might not recognize this one. But I used to put it under the back of my head. Used to tear pages out of it, roll up cigarettes in it. But that day I opened it up. And it says, he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. But I, 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 I. That ain't right. Because the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <clears throat> that day, in pod J16, <clears throat> in cell in, in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the county jail, my God. Your God, a loving God, a merciful God, came down and touched me, came down and healed me, came down, redeemed me, <clears throat> came down and covered me in the blood of Jesus, amen, put me on high, put a new spirit upon my life and a new song upon my lips, because of somebody like you that is sitting here tonight, somebody that was obedient enough to follow God's instructions to place this Bible inside that jail, that one day somebody might pick it up, that one day that somebody might read it, that one day that somebody that God had appointed for that time and that day touched my life. Amen. I didn't have to go to a 12-step program, and there's nothing wrong with that. I didn't have to go and take a test. I didn't have to go and jump through hoops. I didn't have to go and do exercises. I didn't have to do nothing but call upon the name of the Lord because of a Gideon Bible. I know it says whoever calls upon me in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Because of a Gideon Bible that somebody placed there for me, I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because of a Gideon Bible, I I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Because of a Gideon Bible. Amen. I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know because of this book right here. I don't just know the name of Jesus. I know who Jesus is. I know what is impossible with men. All things is possible 
with God. Amen. So I thank the Lord for his redemption. I thank the Lord for his healing. I thank the Lord for the Gideon International Ministry. And I thank the Lord for Jesus Christ who redeemed me. Amen. I tell you this tonight. I tell you this tonight because your labor is not in vain. That we all know somebody tonight, whether it's a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew, a grandchild, a mom, a dad, a neighbor, co-worker, amen. Just as Jesus told the disciples, drop your net one more time. We're going to go out in this world one more time and place that testament, place that Gideon Bible, give that testimony one more time. Because the harvest is great and the laborers are few. And we are his hands and we are his worker. And I praise God for this time that I was able to share with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, as the Lord's amazing. You know, another improvement in our partnership is the Gideon Bible app. I was showing it to Pastor earlier today. I realize the last thing you may want is another app on your phone, but let me tell you why you want this one. A Gideon was on an airplane recently. The guy next to him was from India. He pulled out his phone, and he went to the Gideon Bible app, and he looked up India. India had 50, the app has 50 dialects in India. He asked this man which one he spoke, and he pulled it up on his phone and he showed it to him, and then he played it for him. He asked what it was, and he said it was the Bible in his language. He was amazed and would like to send it to his family in India. The Gideon shared it with him on his phone, and like that, he had the Bible in his language to share with his family in India. The Gideon Bible app features 243 countries, territories, and possessions in 1,800 different languages. You can witness and share the Bible with virtually anybody you meet. Download it today. We have a table set up in the foyer. I'll show you, I can show it to you after the service, and we have many other things out on the Gideon table that we'd love to share with you. It's so easy to obtain scriptures in our country that it's hard to understand just how, how precious a copy of the Lord's word is around the world. A few years ago, a Gideon was in the Philippines, and he was helping the local Gideons there give out testaments. Some of these students are in the poorest places in the Philippines. Many times the teachers told the Gideons that this would be the first book these children ever owned. Others said they would use it to teach the children how to read. So when will we go back? Where will we go next? Even though nearly two people receive a copy of God's word every second around the world, the need is still huge. You may be wondering how you can help. The number one thing that you can do to help is pray for the Gideons every day. Pray that those 191,000 Bibles that go, launch out into the world every day will touch the hearts of people and people will turn to Christ. And we also need to pray for open doors around the world. There are many places and countries that are still closed to the Gideon ministry. And of course, we need more funds to provide these scriptures around the world. 
Next, if God leads you to do so, please consider giving a gift to the Gideons. For an investment of less than $1.32, you can provide for the purchase and placement of a scripture around the world. A donation of $132 will provide a box of 100 testaments reaching many men, women, and children in a country where they simply can't afford to buy a copy of God's Word. At the close of the service, you'll have an opportunity to provide scriptures. You can also donate scriptures anytime through the Gideon Card Program. They're used in memory of a loved one or someone, or someone to let them know you're praying for them. You can send a card to a friend or family member and then send the donation to the Gideons. This is a unique and memorable way to touch thousands with a copy of God's Word through a simple greeting card. If you want to become a prayer partner with the Gideons, you can sign up to be a friend of the Gideons. We have applications in the back, in the foyer on, a, uh, on the table. You'll receive a prayer calendar and online monthly updates with testimonies of how the Lord is working around the world through the Gideons to touch people. And finally, if you're a business or professional man and you would like to associate with other like-minded men to strengthen your witness to employees, customers, family, and church members, please see us after service. We'll be happy to talk to you about getting an application. We don't twist arms to get men and women to join the the, uh, Gideons, but we look for men and women who feel called by God to, to be in this work. And finally, Pastor Bruce, thank you again for the opportunity to share the worldwide ministry of the Gideons International. And congregation, this, thank you so much for your support. This is one of the biggest supporters of the Gideon ministry in our area. And it's been wonderful to be here uh, in our worship service together. Thank you, and God bless. I want to kind of um, give a couple of thoughts that does not need to be added to. You just heard enough to encourage you to be very involved in supporting what Gideons do. But I want you to understand that the power of God's word is the power of ministry. It's the power of missions. I was talking with some folks today about the stained glass outside. You can look at it when you leave out there. It's very symbolic intentionally. At the bottom, the foundation of the picture is an open Bible, the Word of God, because the Bible truly is the foundation of everything we do. Because of the Bible, right above it is the world. Because the Bible tells us that we're not to come in here and be salt in the salt shaker or light that is hidden underneath Uh, some kind of box, but we're supposed to impact our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our job is that once we've received the word is to pray, to give, to go, do all that we can to make sure people around the world have the opportunity to respond to the gospel. From that, we see that the central message of the gospel is the cross of Jesus Christ. You can look at it as you leave today. We understand that the thing we proclaim is Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. That's our gospel. 
Not only that, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is symbolized by the dove over to the left as you're looking at it with fire on it. And that from there, we have heaven shining down upon us, enabling us to accomplish the mission that God has given us. In the New Testament, you see the word, the phrase, the word of God, 44 times in the English Standard Version. It's very much a central thought of the importance of God's word. We read in Romans chapter 1 that Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the word of God, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We believe that the word of God is the foundation upon which salvation occurs. It cannot happen in any other way. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we see from that, that one verse that the word of God is alive. The Bible is different than any other book. The way that it impacts us, the way that it it changes us like no other book. Now, now, let me help you out and understand a couple of words here. I want to challenge you to understand that the Bible is not something that we view superstitiously, but rather we view it as supernatural. There's a big difference between the two. It's not a good luck charm. And you can have 14 of them spread around your house, and that's not going to keep you from having a problem if you never open one and read it. It is supernatural, but it's not in just owning a book. It's letting the word of God get into you. You see, the key is this. It's not even just reading the Bible, but it's obeying the Bible. But how do we learn obedience? How do we learn faith? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We grow in understanding because the word of God is alive. Not only is it alive, but, but I love this. The word of God is active you start reading the word you let the word get into you it will have an impact it will affect your life no other book in literature can duplicate what the word of God does God's word becomes an active force in our life and equips us to engage in the work of ministry third and this may be scary a little bit but it's revealing the word of God is revealing. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow. Well, that, that is pretty intense. The Bible will come and bring clarity in revealing what's going on. Why does God want us to have that revelation? Some of us feel like it's to embarrass us. Oh, my goodness, I would be embarrassed if people knew what's going on in my life. But no, the Word of God is there to correct us. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would rather walk in error than in rightness? If you say, yes, there's something major wrong with you. Let me, let me illustrate. If, if you are wanting to go to a particular location, whatever it is, wherever it is, but you had bad directions. How many of you know that can be a long day? How many of you ever heard your uh, GPS? They're better now, but back in the day, ever heard them say, rerouting? Yeah. You think I'm going to reroute you in about five seconds because you're taking me the wrong place. It's better to be on the right road than the wrong road. 
So the word of God is so valuable. It is so good. The word of God will illuminate areas in your life where you're off kilter, not to embarrass you, but to get you back on the right path. What kind of friend would it be if you were driving down the road going the wrong way and they knew how to get there and they just sit over in the passenger seat just going, well, I'm just going to wait for them to figure it out. If you know your friend knows how to get there, if you're like me, you're probably going to just get pretty adamant saying, hey, help me out here. You know what God's doing when he lets the word of God reveal what's on the inside of us? He's helping us. He's helping us get stronger. He's helping us grow in faith. The word of God reveals so that we can be at a place where, where we should be. Lastly, the word of God not only reveals to us, but it, it speaks to us in a way that brings us to a place of righteousness. It is transforming. It makes us into the image of God. It gives us life in him. I want to encourage you today to give an offering to support the ministry of the Gideons. I want to encourage you today to do more than that, but to also say, I will take the word of God and let it speak to my heart daily. Some people say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible. Okay, here's a quick test. How many books of the Bible are in the New Testament? If you don't know, say it, because I don't want to reveal you right now. 27 books of the New Testament. Guess how many of them, of 27 books, guess how many of them on average reader can be read in less than 20 minutes or less? 17. 17 of the New Testament books can be read in less than 20 minutes. How powerful would it be for you this week if you said, I'm going to read the book of Ephesians. If I remember right, I think it takes 12 minutes to read Ephesians 13, something like that. I'm going to read it every day this week. You would come in next week. I promise you, if you take that challenge, the Ephesians challenge, well, you can pick any book you want. You want a different one, it's okay. 17 of them, 20 minutes or less. And if you read Ephesians every day this week, you're going to come in next Sunday and you're going to be looking for me or one of the pastors going, you're not going to believe what the Word of God did in my life this week. The Bible is not to be put on a shelf. The Bible is to be hidden in your heart. And we want to make sure that we don't only do that personally, but we give that opportunity for people all around the world. And I know of no ministry better than the Gideons to make that happen. A few weeks ago, I started off this series on missions, and I said, we are people of the cross. I'm telling you today, we are people of the word. I got a couple more for you in the next couple of weeks. But we are people of the word. We believe in the power of the word of God. I don't want to give you my opinion. It doesn't really matter what I think. What matters is what did God say? And that's what we want to build our life on. Would you bow your heads with me all across the room? There are three things we need to do concerning the Word of God. Number one, we need to read it. I'm going to ask this question right now. How many of you will, if you already got a reading plan, stay with what you got. But if you don't have one, maybe you'll take up this 
this right now, this challenge, that you'll take one of those books in the New Testament that take just a couple of minutes to read or at the most 15 or 18 minutes to read, and you'll read at least some of the Bible this week. I'm going to give you an easy out, make it simple for you. I'd like for you to read it every day this week, whatever it is, book of Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, but you'll pick some book and you'll read it or maybe a different one every day. How many of you this week will say, I'm going to read the Word of God? That's the first step. Raise your hand real high across the room. I'm going to read the Word this week. Powerful. Powerful. I want you to tell me what God does in your life this week. You may say, oh, Pastor, you're too many people want to talk to you. I will stay here next week until you all leave. If you'll come up and tell me what the Word of God did in your life. I want to hear the story. Not only are we going to read it, though, but we're going to obey it. Because to read the Word without obeying it is the definition of foolishness. I'm going to obey the Word of God. How many of you join me right now and say, I'm going to obey the Word of God as the Holy Spirit gives me strength. I'm going to obey the Word. That's my goal in life is to obey God's Word. Thank you. The third thing is we're going to spread the Word of God around the world. I love the new Gideon app. You got to check that out. It's so cool. So many languages. Eight, what was it, 1,800? 1,800 languages are on that app. Now, that doesn't, we, we're not all going to need that. But I was thinking, Matt, how cool is that for missionaries to know that they can take this app and share the Word of God in the language that the people speak anywhere in the world, almost without exception. We're going to pray for the Word to go forth. We're going to spread the Word through our thoughts, our conversations. How cool would it be if we stopped talking about the weather? I mean, how much conversation can we have there anyway? It's either hot, it's cold, it's rainy, or it's dry. What if we talked about the Word of God? How many of you join me and say, I'm going to read it, I'm going to obey it, and I'm going to spread God's Word? Just lift your hand right now all across the room. Matter of fact, I want you to stand with me together all across this room. And why don't you, not to me, but to God, why don't you lift your hands to Him right now and say, Lord, I thank you for your word that you've provided for me, that guides me, that encourages me, that corrects me, that puts me in the right place. And I believe that the word of God is the foundation for the mission of the church. Lord, I pray that every missionary that we partner with would love your word and proclaim your word. It is the only thing that we have to offer that has an eternal impact. I pray today, Lord, that as we prepare to give an offering, we would do the very best that we can today to provide Bibles for people possibly here in Oklahoma, maybe in some other continent altogether, but we're going to do our part to be part of this great organization that's taking the gospel around the world. I pray you'll help us, Lord, to not only know your word, but to obey it completely and to be thankful when it nudges us back on the right path. Lord, I give you thanks today for your goodness and for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen.